we're going to get we're going to get straight into it so that uh we get through it and then we can pick up these conversations at the end I want to share quite something quickly before I start feeling a little self-conscious today I uh I got a haircut yesterday yeah and it's at that fresh kind of like it's not the two weeks into a new haircut phase it's fresh I don't know how to wear it yet and um and I was walking out of the house today with a hat on and Daniel said hey how about you speak today without a hat on and I said Dan this is my comfort (laughs) this is my comfort like zone right here like so he goes, no, it looks good, just take it off. And so I want to preface today's message, if it's bad, it's because I don't have my comfort zone hat on. No, I'm just kidding. But um, did anyone this weekend on Friday, I, I believe it was Friday night, see Buddy Franklin kick his thousandth goal? An incredible moment. I didn't actually see it at the time. I wasn't watching the game. I'm not a massive AFL fan myself. But uh, it was obviously spread across social media like wildfire. And last night, Danielle uh, heard about it and she goes, I want to watch it. I want to see what it was, right? And so we, we looked up on YouTube and typed in Buddy Franklin's thousandth goal. And we were watching the moment that it happened. And from the response before, we've all seen it. If you haven't seen it, I want to paint this picture for you. You have this AFL player... Buddy Franklin, who is on 999 goals. And, um, and I didn't know this, but it must be a tradition that when they kick the thousandth goal, the place can just erupt and go wild. So Buddy Franklin kicks this goal and all of a sudden is swarmed by 20,000 people as they run onto the field. Now, I was, aware, I was under the impression that if you ran on the field you'd get chased by security guards and they'd tackle you. But not this one, because obviously there's power in numbers. And, uh, and so I'm watching this incredible moment. It's an incredible moment happen. And as we're watching it last night, I'm sitting there and I'm like, I think, I think I'm a little bit jealous of the people who were there, of the people who experienced that moment. Can you imagine what it would have been like to be in the crowd? And, and Buddy kicks the goal and then you're just sprinting onto the field with 20,000 other people. What a moment that would have been to be a part of. You know, I, I, side note, I saw this story yesterday of this family whose grandma was a massive Swans fan. And, uh, and unfortunately, she had passed away and this family must have known that this was the tradition that you could run on the field when Buddy kicks his thousandth goal. And so what they did was they took the ashes of the grandma to the game. And while everyone is running on the field to Buddy, they're having this amazing family moment spreading the ashes of the Swans fan on the SCG. And I'm just like, good on you. That is like, making the most of a moment right there and and I was sitting there and I'm watching it and I'm like to be a part of that atmosphere to be a part of that moment I mean can you imagine the noise can you imagine the pandemonium like can you imagine being somewhere at the moment where COVID just doesn't exist 
It seemed like that anyway. But I sat there and I thought, you know what? They're going to have this story for the rest of their lives. These people that experienced this moment are going to be able to tell their friends, their family, their kids, their grandkids that they were there the day or the night that Buddy Franklin kicked his thousandth goal. And I, was, I, I found myself being a little jealous of that. And I thought, I thought on that and, you, and, and I thought to myself, I don't have a Buddy Franklin story. But I do have story after story and testimony of the incredible things that God has done in my life and experiences and moments that far outweigh a Buddy Franklin thousandth goal moment. And today I want to talk to you about the power of our story and the power of testimony to build faith. Because as those people tell that story about the the thousandth goal, the people they tell that to will want to have experienced it. They will want to have, they'll want to be a Sydney Swans fan because of the experience of this person. And I want to talk about the power of our testimony, of the good things that God has done in our life, and how that will build faith. Not just in our life, but in the lives of everyone around us who hears the goodness of God through our story and through our testimony. Lord God, I come before you right now and I firstly just step out of the way. Lord Jesus, may my words be your words. May today all eyes be pointed to you, Jesus. We are thankful that you love us, that you care about us that you want to move in our lives in a way that blows our mind, that we cannot even fathom. Lord Jesus, and we just say thank you. We love you this morning. Amen. Amen. All right, we're going to turn to Revelation 12, 11. And it says this. And I heard a great voice in heaven saying, Now has come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God. And the authority of his Christ for the accuser of our brethren is cast down, who accuseth before our God day and night. And listen to this. And they overcame him because of the blood of the lamb and because of the word of their testimony. They overcame the accuser by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. There's two parts to that last sentence. The first part is to overcome is by the blood of the Lamb. The sacrifice that Jesus made for us. Jesus has taken care of that part. He has sacrificed his life. And as I was speaking through this last night, and I'm talking about the sacrifice that Jesus made, we talk about this a lot. And it's so easy for us to just brush over it. It's so easy for us to go, Jesus died on the cross, move on. And we're coming into Easter and we're focusing on this, but I just was overwhelmed again at the sacrifice that was made for you and me. That Jesus would die on the cross so that we may overcome. He has overcome so that we may live in freedom from the accuser. But the second part of the last sentence, 
and because of the word of their testimony. This right here telling us, church, that there is power to overcome in our testimony. That your testimony of the goodness of God working in your life, your story that you have of God moving in your life has the power to overcome. You might have come in here today facing things, challenges, and you're sitting here and it doesn't, they can be big, they can be small, but you're facing things and you don't know how you're going to get around it. You don't know how you're going to get over it. And if there's one thing of this simple message that you take today, it is that your testimony has the power to overcome. Take that today and believe that and know that as God moves in your life, your testimony can see you overcome these things that you are facing. But as I read that, I was challenged by one of the key words in that, in that sentence. And it's this. They overcome by the word of their testimony. It doesn't say that they, were, uh, they overcame by the thought of their testimony or thinking of their testimony. No, but by the word of their testimony. And I felt God challenged me as I read that in that moment. And he said, Joel... I don't want you to just think about the good things I've done. I want you to proclaim the good things that I've done. I want you to speak out the testimony of my goodness. And he's telling that to us today by the word. There is power in our words, church. And as we speak out the words of the goodness of God and our testimony and what he has done in our life, we will see People overcome. We will see ourselves overcome these things in our life. He's telling us today, go out and spread the good news. Go out and speak the testimony of my goodness. And as we do that, as we speak the words out, it builds our faith for today. It builds the faith of the people around us. You know, when we read about Jesus and the miracles that he did in the Bible, it was testimony that spread the good news of Jesus. It was people encountering Jesus and then going and telling. You see, if people encountered the goodness of Jesus, encountered miracles, we look at the woman at the well. We look at when Jesus healed the blind man. If they have an encounter with Jesus and they keep it to themselves, the people in their town don't know what God has done. But it says that they go and they tell people about who Jesus is and what Jesus has done. And I think that that's what God is trying to tell me today is that I need to speak out the good things of God. That the testimony that I have is not just for me and my faith. And your testimony is not just for you and your faith. Your testimony is to turn people's eyes to Jesus. And when I talk about 
the good things that God has done in my life. I want people's eyes to be turned to Jesus. You know, our testimony and sharing our story is about glorifying God. I had this thought, and you know, our testimony is for us, but it's not about us. What God has done in your life is for you, but it's not about you. It's about glorifying Him. It's about turning people's eyes to Him. And so this morning, I want to share with you a moment and a testimony of a moment in my life where God showed up and His provision was there and He blew my mind and built my faith. And I share this story with only one intention, that I glorify God, that I turn your eyes to Him. Because what we don't turn into praise will turn into pride. That wasn't mine, I heard that. (laughs) But it's an amazing saying. What we don't turn into praise will turn into pride. And as we share our testimony, as I share about the good things that God has done in my life, if I don't turn that into praise to Him, I will think and people will think that it's because of what I've done that I experienced these things. But it's not to do with anything I've done. It's about His goodness, His love, His faithfulness, and I want to glorify Him. Before I tell you that, I want to talk about... I want to share with you that for a long time, looking back now, I lived a life that limited God. Now, I loved, I love Jesus. And I've loved Jesus my whole life. But I used to pray prayers that if God didn't answer them, I could. And I look back now, And I look at the limitations that I put around God. And I think to myself, I was living in this little box. And I was expecting God to do these incredible things, but I was only only living here. I was only... I was putting limitations around by the, 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 the smallness of my prayers and what I expected. Where God is over here, the creator of the universe, the Ephesians 3.20 God, now unto him who is able to do more than we can ever ask, think or imagine. Abundantly more than we could ever ask, think or imagine. When you think about that, you think about the, the biggest thing that you could ask for, that you could imagine in your life, he can do exceedingly more than that. And, here he, and, and there's this space where I could have been living, where I could have been expecting God to move. But here I am over here just asking for these tiny little things that even if he didn't show up, I could do myself. And I think to myself, what did I miss? What testimony, what stories, what experiences did I miss? Because I live this way. And I'd hear story from other people and testimony of other people where God was doing these incredible big things, where they were seeing these incredible, amazing things happen. 
And I would be like, why, why don't I have that? Why don't I have that testimony? Why don't I have that story? And here I am sitting over here. And it wasn't until I took the limitations off and I started to step out in faith and I started to live with no limitation to what God could do that God actually said, you know, now you can actually start to experience my glory and my goodness and what I can actually do. Because for so long you were asking me to do these tiny little things but I the whole time was over here in this space wanting to blow you away, wanting to exceed your expectations, wanting to work miracles and show you a life that is to the full. And I look back now and, and it wasn't until I stepped out of that space and into this space where I'd have testimony and story of his goodness and his faithfulness that blows my mind. And I want to encourage you with that today. If you hear about these testimonies and these stories of God doing incredible things and you're like, where are they for me? I want to challenge you today to step out of that space. If that's where you've been living, if that's where you've been thinking God is going to, he's only going to move like this or he can only move like this. Exceed your expectations and step out and start praying prayers that if he doesn't answer it, that's, there's no way that you can. And I found myself in this moment, and this is the testimony that I want to share with God's goodness and his provision and how it builds my faith and how it built faith for me then and how it builds faith for me now. For a lot of you, you know that for a few years, myself and my wife and Luke and Jess, Danielle, we lived in America doing music stuff and all that kind of stuff. A lot of 99.9% of you will know this. And if you've heard this story... It's a good story, so you'll hear it again. And we're over in America, and we'd been doing music. We really felt like we followed the call of God. And was it the, the, it was two years where I was over there without Danielle, then we got married, and Danielle come on the road, and it was, the, it was the, the last leg of the first year that Danielle had been with us on the road. And being over there in our first year of marriage, looking back now, there were some incredible moments it was pretty intense. And we got to a moment where we were coming to the end and we looked at, we were coming back and I kind of thought, we, Danielle and I, was, I used to stress about money. I used to be anxious about money. And, and um, you know, I, I don't, wouldn't have considered myself an anxious person, but I, used, I would get very anxious about the fact that in our in our personal account there wasn't much and as a husband I'm like I've got to provide for my family I've got to provide for Danielle and and so we were coming back home and we were coming back home to no jobs and we were here for an extended period of time and Danielle and I were talking we're like we just don't see what we're going to do we don't know what we're going to we got no we got we don't have money and so we can't see how this is going to work. We're going to go home. We're moving back into mum and dad's house, which is great. Thank you. <laughs> but we were stressing. So we prayed. We, oh God, we know, that we, we know that you can provide and we're just going to trust in, in your provision and what you are going to do for us. And for the band, I used to make all the merch. And we... We're on this tour and we made this massive order of merch thinking that it was just going to blow up 
and we're going to sell heaps of merch and all this stuff. And we got to like the, the second last show and we, was at the mer- we were at the merch table and there's still heaps of merch there ready to sell. And we ended up in like the middle of nowhere in America. I, I can't tell you where it was. I, I, I cannot tell you where it was. It wasn't Bird City, so it wasn't quite the middle of nowhere, but it was the second closest to the middle of nowhere. We rocked up to this venue, and I looked at the closest coffee, and it was like two and a half hours away. So I'm in a bad mood. No, I wasn't really. And we set up this merch, and, and the show, there wasn't heaps of people at the show, and, and, uh, and we, did, we played, and, and then Daniel used to um, stand behind the merch table and sell our merch, and... And uh, she runs over to him and she's like, Joel, you've, you've got to come over here. This guy wants to talk to you. And I was like, oh, okay, sweet. And it's just this, this older gentleman. And he goes to me, he goes, how much merch you got? I said, I looked at the thing and I looked under the table. I said, we got a lot. And he goes, I want you to add it all up. And I was like, okay, all right. And then I want you to come back to me. I'm going to come back here at the end of the night and I want you to tell me how much there is. And I was like, okay, cool, cool. So using my math skills. (laughs) I'm like, all right, there's three jumpers. They're 25. That's $75. And I added up all the merch and this guy comes to me at the end of the night and he says, um, so did you add it up? And I said, yeah, I did. And I was a bit embarrassed to tell him the figure because I was like, oh. And so I told him how much it was and he just pulled out this, how much it was. And he said, I'll take it all. I'll take all your merch. And he handed me the money. And it wasn't about the money. And I put the money in my pocket and I just knew in that moment right then that God had heard our prayer. That God had heard our desperate cry of, of provision and help. That we couldn't see how we were going to overcome this moment. But he had it in his hands. And he gave us the money and I took it and I, I was blown away. I think I cried. I'm, I'm not a crier, but I cried. <laughs> Went out the back to Luke and Jess. I'm like, Luke and Jess, we just sold every bit of merch. And they're like, oh, how long was the line? I said, it was one dude. <laughs> no. Not only that, this is a side note, the guy says to me, he goes, I want to bless you, but I don't want anyone to know that I've done this. But what I want you to do is I want you to leave the merch here and bless this church. So... I had to go to the youth pastor and say, hey, um, so we're just going to leave all our merch here for your youth ministry to give away and to be blessed. And he was like, oh, you guys are awesome. I was like, it's really hard moment of like, do I tell him the truth? Do I take the, I don't know. It was really weird. Blown away at the goodness of God. And just how much God cares. Anyway, so built my faith in that moment. 
moving forward, fast forward two years to about two weeks ago, and I'm walking out of the house to walk to work. And Danielle yells out to me, hey, Joel, I just want to let you know that our maternity payments from the government have stopped. So we're back to one wage. And I'm very thankful for my wage. I'm grateful for it. I love my job. But it's not a miner's wage. It's, it's, it's good. It's good. But with rent coming out and everything like that, it's not massive. Years ago, when Danielle says that, I would have freaked out. The anxious feelings would have come back. The worry, the stress would have washed over me. But as I walked to work that day, I said out loud the story of that moment. I said, I, I, I said it to myself. I spoke that testimony that God had moved in my life. I spoke that out. And as I spoke that out, it reminded me of the faithfulness of God. It reminded me of the provision of God. And I had full faith that no matter what happens, God has is, and is, is, is in control. I don't have to be anxious. I don't have to worry. I have to be wise. Learning that. But I don't have to worry. Because the testimony of two years ago in that moment builds my faith then and it builds my faith now. When God moves in your life, your testimony isn't just the moment of salvation. God has testimony after testimony that he wants you to proclaim to the people around you so that your faith builds and their faith builds. Your testimony has the power to overcome. Your testimony has the power to build faith in other people. Church, let's be people who speak out the goodness of God. Let's be people who share that with the people around us. Let's not keep it to ourselves. Our testimony isn't just for us. Our testimony is for everyone. The goodness of God is not just for us. The goodness of God is for everyone. There is power in our story. There is power in our testimony of the goodness of God in our lives. Let's be people that share that out. Let's not limit God. Don't limit God. Pray big prayers. Expect big things. Let God be the God of Ephesians 3.20, where he exceeds all expectation, more than we could ever ask, think, or imagine. That's who he is. And may our testimony turn people's eyes to Jesus and give glory to him. Lord God, we come before you right now. And we thank you for the way that you work, the way that you move. Lord God, may we have the courage to speak out the good things that you have done. May we share the testimony of your goodness so that people may experience your love. People may experience your provision. People may experience how much you care. Lord God, may we not limit what you can do. May we not lean on our own understanding, but may we lean into what and who you are. Jesus, and the way you want to work in our lives, the way you want to move in our lives. We love you. Amen. Amen.